Hi, and welcome back to Motor Up Sports. Today, I'm just going to recap the weekend. We're going to save Michigan, Michigan State for Friday. Horrible weekend, 0-3 since our last episode with the Lions and the Pistons. I don't even know where to start with the Lions. I knew they were going to lose, but I'm sick of this. I'm so sick of this. No road wins in your entire career for Dan Campbell as a head coach. And don't get me wrong. The guy was not qualified to be a head coach. There's a reason why nobody else interviewed him. There's a reason why the Jets didn't hire him. There's a reason why the Falcons didn't hire him. There's a reason why every single team right now that has an NFL coach never brought Dan Campbell in for an interview. Why? Because he's not qualified to be a coach of an NFL team. He's coaching like that right now. He's coaching like a horse shit coach, and he is a horse shit coach. This is as bad as it can get. He said that before the bye week. And guess what? As all of us Lions fans know, when a coach says that, it gets even worse from there. And it's going to continue to get worse. If Sheila wants to prove she's not her father, she fires him today. She fires him right now. Because this is getting out of hand. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. He was never the right guy. He was never the right guy. I said it from day one. And then Hard Knocks made me believe this guy was going to be something. And I bought into it. Because last year, I was like, this guy's an idiot. I would have said it on every episode of the podcast if I had it last year. This year, Hard Knocks made me think, okay, this guy might be half decent because at least he's built a culture here and built something up that Patricia never did. But who cares about culture? Because all that matters to me is wins. I don't care if you have the best culture in the NFL. If you can't give me a W on Sunday. This was the first game I'll say it was on the players. But a lot of it was on Dan Campbell, too. And he's not safe either because he, he's never, he hasn't been safe since week three. Congratulations with your four wins as a head coach so far. Because you're right there with Jim Schwartz and Marty Morningwagas, coaches with four wins in your first 20 games. Congratulations. What did Jim Schwartz do? He has one playoff appearance and get blown out. Yep, that's what Jim Schwartz did. What did Marty Morningwag do? Nothing. I don't care what you guys say anymore. You guys can sit here and you guys can t- say, okay, well, if Campbell can't win here, nobody's ever going to win here. What? I've, I've read this on Twitter for weeks now. I've literally read it for weeks. People saying this. It makes zero sense to me. I don't care if a guy wants to win. We'll find somebody, which will never happen, with the fours running this incompetent organization, ran by a bunch of idiots from top to bottom, from the top of the organization to the bottom janitor. Every person belonging to the Ford family and the Lions organization are full of fucking idiots. But that's besides the point. I'm sick of this patience. I'm sick of this. Let's be patient. I've been patient for 21 years. I've been patient my entire life. I'm over it. I'm over sitting here on my couch every Sunday screaming at the fucking TV because this team can't do anything right. I'm sick of it. Because our coach doesn't want to challenge a play that could have changed the entire game. Maybe we would have won that game. Because that from that play on, that group was deflated. How do you not challenge that? And from the camera angle, I understand, like, the replay, he was short by, like, an inch. But at that point, you can just push it in with Jared Goff. This guy has balls of steel going for fourth all year. And none of the fourth downs, he sh- I would say about 75% of them, he should have never gone for. You have a challenge flag in your pocket for a fucking reason. Use it. You have balls. How do you not have the balls to pull the challenge flag out and throw it? Because this is just getting out of hand. I don't know how much longer I can do this. 
Campbell is an idiot. And I'm sick of Brad Holmes sitting here and drafting hurt players. Yeah, Pasch will play great. Pasch won't be healthy for four weeks. It's just what's going to happen. It's the Lions' luck. Quara never hits the field. He's always hurt. That's your third-round pick. Can't play him. He's never healthy. It, it's, it's a joke. You have 90 million calf space this offseason. Use it. Get your quarterback, whether it's the draft or free agency. I mean, I'm okay still waiting a year. I, I still don't have a problem going next year with Jared Goff. Because at least Jared Goff, when they're healthy, looks like a competent quarterback. He looks good when he has Swift and St. Brown. He doesn't look good when he has neither of them or one or the other. That's why I don't have a problem running back Goff next year. But if you want to draft a quarterback, fine. Let him develop under Goff next year. I don't want a new quarterback starting next year still. And yeah, Goff was horrible on Sunday and horrible the Sunday before that. But if you're telling me that he was a bad quarterback when he had St. Brown, Swift, and Chark all healthy, you're out of your mind to tell me you guys were sitting here before everybody got hurt saying, let's keep Jared Goff around, let's keep Jared Goff around. He's the only guy who's going to get an excuse for me because he has nobody healthy on that receiving core and running back core. Nobody's there. You could put you could put Tom Brady at quarterback in his prime right now. I don't know how many plays he's going to make and how many games he's going to win with that receiving core and that running, running back room. And yeah, Jamal Williams is okay. I, I don't have anything wrong with Jamal Williams besides the fumble. He's done really nothing wrong for me to bash him. He's the, he's the least of our problems, but for you guys to immaturely come out and say that Goss your issue right now, he has nobody to throw to. He's throwing to Khalif Raymond right now. It's not his fault that they're losing games. Last week, you might want to blame a little bit on Goff. The week before, you lose 29-0. That was on the coaches. The Vikings game, he was, da- he was dazzling against the Vikings. Play a great game against the Eagles with a healthy team. Goff's not your issue. I'm fine if you want to go out there and you have the number one pick, you can't pass out on Young. And I, I'm fine with that. If you're one or two, get your quarterback there, spend the Rams pick on defense, and spend your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh on defense. Because I feel like if you're at one or two, you have no choice. Those are those those are guys that like you have to take. Don't trade up for them. And no Will Levis. Look, I don't have a problem with Will Levis, but I'd rather go next year and get yours or Caleb Williams if you don't want to draft a quarterback this year. But I, I'm literally embarrassed to be a fan right now. Like, this, is, this is the worst it's been for me as a Lions fan. Every week it gets lower and lower. And I'm literally getting to a point where it's like, fuck it, I give up. Because what's the point anymore? Like, what's the point? No matter what coach they bring in, it ain't going to be the right guy. Robert Sala wanted to come to Detroit. He's from Dearborn. The, the stars were going to align you were going to hire Robert Sala was the talk from the second fire Campbell. And they went with fucking Dan Campbell. And look what Robert Sala is doing down in fucking New York. Look what the Giants are doing this year. Look at what the Seahawks are doing with Geno Smith. If you're telling me this team is the worst team on paper in football, you're on your fucking mind right now. It's the coaches. This roster, three-win team probably right now. They have a competent head coach. They win the Vikings with a competent head coach. They probably beat Dallas too. That's three wins. The Eagles, I mean, they're the best team in the league. You were in it the whole way. Fine. That's a loss. Patriots, they probably would have still lost with a competent head coach because it's hard to win. Actually, scratch that. They would have beat the Pats too with Bailey Zappi. 
They should have four wins right now. They will never bring in a competent head coach because the Fords are incompetent to hire the right people. And they keep the same dumbass fucking people in the organization. And you guys continue to, continue to say, well, Chris Spielman is such a great guy in the organization. Chris Spielman is a great player. He's a horrible exec. That's who you bring in? Doesn't matter who you bring in. That's the guy you bring in? You could have brought anybody else in and they would have been better than this. Campbell's the worst. He's not as bad as Patricia, but he's bad. And honestly, at this point, just trade Swift and Hawk. What's the point anymore? Get your draft assets out of them. You can realistically cut your ties with Swift and get a second out of them, maybe a third. You'll get a second or a third for Swift. Fine. Hawkinson, tight end's a pretty valuable position for a guy who plays it that well. You could potentially get a second for him too. At this point, if you want to accelerate this rebuild, you get rid of those pieces. Hawkinson's great. He's not great. He's okay. He had a good week this year. He will, you will get good value for him because he's young and he's a solid tight end. Swift's never healthy. And when he's healthy, you're winning games. But what? Does he give you like seven games a year healthy? And after those seven games, he's a dominant running back. But if I can get draft capital for him right now, I'm taking it. You know what I mean? Like, you have to take it. I think everything should go top to bottom, everything. You got to figure out a way to fix this. And you know what? I will say one thing this week. One compliment goes away to the Lions this week. And that's going to go to Aiden Hutchinson. I've been, ba- I've been bashing him all year. I still don't think he's going to be that great. And I'm sticking to that. But credit to him this week. Phenomenal performance. He's going to get Detroit Player of the Week. How about that? Ivy and him will split the ticket for that for Detroit Player of the Week. I was very impressed with Hutchinson this week, especially because they were using him correctly this week. Shows he can be an actual good NFL player if they use him correctly, if you have the right coaches. I don't think he'll ever play like his number two pick value slot was. It's not possible. If you're that weak, you're never going to be that good. But with the right coaching, he could be a solid NFL edge rusher. I don't have a problem with that. I just want him to be good. I, I keep saying it too. He'll be solid. He'll be another another Lions we should have gone with blank, 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 and blank player. Because blank, 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 and blank are going to be better than him. Telling you, this is what's going to happen. Kyle Hamilton's going to be better. Is already better than him. I wanted him at two. Jordan Davis, great football being played by him right now. Kayvon Thibodeau, that was my guy. You didn't get him either. You literally had three guys you could have got that were much better than him. And there will probably be a few more down the line. But great job this week to Hutchinson. I will give him that. Phenomenal week. I'm an equal opportunist. And he played a wonderful week so good job Hutch we're gonna move into the Pistons we didn't have a wonderful weekend either but as a Pistons fan I knew this was going to be a process I knew this was going to be not so easy year to be a fan but it would be exciting it's exciting for 30 minutes when the starters are on the floor but the rest of the game when the bench is on the floor it is horseshit especially Killian Hayes he's horseshit Killian Hayes, from year one, I've seen no progress. Zero progress from the guy. He has never to me looked at like an NBA player outside the preseason where you turn your head a little bit and you're like, 
Maybe this guy can turn a corner in the regular season. Well, he clearly hasn't so far, shooting 16% from the field and 11% from three with three attempts a game. I don't know how you can defend this anymore. How can you back this up? How can you sit here and tell me this guy's going to be good? For three years now, he's either been hurt or he's sucked when he's on the floor and he's hurt. There has been nothing good and exciting about the Killian Hayes experiment. And I think that this experiment is done. This should be wiped out at deadline. Cut your ties with him now. Get something for him before he's a free agent and you let him go this offseason because he's a useless part of this organization going forward. He's done nothing. What does he do every night? He runs around, shoots one for eight, one for four from three, plays good defense. But what, what is that going to do for you? The guy has no offense. He can't last in the NBA today. If you're Andre Roberson or Tony Allen, good defenders, you can last an NBA with no offense. Killing A's at zero offense, and he's a solid defender. But that bench is getting outscored like crazy when he's on the floor. Every game, that bench is getting bullied. This is a rough weekend because you have the stars are playing their asses off. Their plus minuses are like right there between like minus five and plus five in between the two. The stars are doing their job. When the bench comes in the game, they shouldn't fall behind 15 points or they shouldn't have a 10-point lead and fall behind six and they never catch up from there because they're too young to catch back up on the road. That's what's boiling me right now. And yeah, Bagley and Burks coming back, that's going to help a lot. You need them. I want them back. I know they're going to make you a lot better offensively and defensively off that bench. Because, I mean, at least Burks can score. Livers is back. He was scoring. And Bagley's a borderline starter on a lot of teams. So at least you're going to start getting some pieces going off the bench. But I think as soon as Bagley comes back, you got to put Stu on the bench or you got to put Bagley as a starter or Dern as a starter. You got to put Stu on the bench. You need a spacing. You cannot put Bagley on the floor with Dern and expect something good to happen. I've watched the NBA long enough to know if you don't have a shooting power forward in today's game, this would have worked in Shaq's era. But in today's game, Bagley can't shoot. Dern can't shoot. If you put them on the floor together with a bunch of other guys who can't shoot on this team, because let's be real here, the only guy on this team, there's two guys on this team, actually, that can shoot. That's Boyan Magdanovich, Alec Burks. I'll go Isaiah Livers, too. Three shooters. Livers is never healthy. So you got to hope that he stays healthy because when he's healthy, he's good. I actually have always enjoyed watching him. Even in his Michigan days, I've always thought he's been a great player. The problem I have is outside those three guys, nobody can just shoot at will on this team. Ivy's shown he can hit. Kate can hit it. I mean, he went four for eight against the Pacers from three. But... There's nobody on this team where I look at outside Boyan and Burks, and Burks hasn't even played yet, for you to say, okay, that shot's 100% going in. Livers, he's not there yet where I think he's going to hit it every time. There's no way this Duran on the court with Bagley together is going to work if you don't have anybody else on the floor that can really shoot. Because what are you going to do? You're going to put a lineup of probably Ivy Cade, Sadiq, Bagley, and then they'll probably go Duran. Like, that's a lineup where, what, Sadiq's... When he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's so far off. I don't like the idea of Bagley 
and dirt on the floor together. I haven't liked it from the beginning. So you've got to slide Stu to the bench once he's back. You got to figure out who you're going to start between Bagley and uh, Dern. I'm also starting to think, is Casey the right guy going forward? I think you got to see what happens at the end of this year. I've never been the biggest Dwayne Casey guy. Even when we hired him, I was like, okay, like you got the best guy on the market, but he's never going to win anything here. And I still stand by that. He's not a good enough coach to win you a finals. And the end goal of this rebuild is to win a finals and bring championship basketball back to Detroit. If you don't think Casey's the guy to do that, you cut your ties this offseason with him, you find the next guy to replace him to take you over the top. Similar to what they did with Rick Carlisle, and then they brought in Larry Brown in 04. That's what the Pistons need to figure out and they need to do. Because I don't know if Casey's the guy who's going to win you a title. He's not a good postseason head coach, and he doesn't play the right guys, I feel like. Rolling Corey onto the field for crazy minutes every night is just insane to me. What does he see that everybody else doesn't see? Because I've seen nothing from him, and he continues to play him. And I saw nothing from him last year as well. I am not impressed right now with the job Casey has done as a head coach of the Pistons. And he hasn't made Killian a better player since he's been drafted. Sadiq's the only guy he's truly developed. And they're developing still, Stu. Killian sucks. It makes me wonder, is Casey not that good at developing these guys either because he's throwing Corey on the field for big minutes. He's throwing other guys last year on the court. You need to play your young guys. And he hasn't played the young guys the minutes that I want them to play. So we'll see at the end of the year. I'm not saying fire him right now. I'm not saying keep him. But if you don't think he's the guy who's going to win you a finals, be done with it now. Because I don't know if he is. I've been very impressed with Ivy so far. And it's just the third game of the year, but looks like a leader in the rookie of the year race so far. I've been more impressed with his passing than anything else. We knew his speed. We knew the way he can score. He's, his shot looks better than it did in college. I'll give him that too. And he actually was rebounding the ball really well in the last game against the Pacers. He had 10 boards there. Watching Ivy has been awesome. It's been a cool experience so far. He needs to stop living on the floor. He's always on the floor. That's the one thing I, I the one thing I will say that I've seen about Ivy that needs to change. He loves it. If he can get off the floor every single play, I think his his defense would be a whole lot better because he'd be getting back quicker. And I think that there would be a lot less chance of an injury because he's just falling. But let me tell you, he's been brilliant. He's been everything. I expected and more. This is not where I expected Jaden Ivey to be coming right out of the gates, being a 17-point-per-game scorer in your first three games in the NBA. That's insane to me. That's nothing of what I expected out of him right away. And Cade, I mean, about time to start figuring it out. I'm happy he's figuring it out because I'm sick of everybody saying that he's not the best player in the draft anymore. I really want him to come out against the Pacers and drop a 30-ball just to shut everybody up from the national media, from the Detroit media, from the, all the Twitter. He needs to do that in the next five games. He needs a high-ass 30 ball, like over 35. If he does that, everybody shuts up for a couple months. And I honestly prefer Cade as the scorer than the facilitator. 
I don't know. I've always felt like Cade's a better scorer when he gets hot. And he was hitting clutch shots in the, in the early fourth. I mean, he hits, he's always been lights out when it matters. He did lose that game. I mean, defensively, they're horrible. We knew that coming in. You got to bring in some really good defenders this offseason. I don't know who's on the market for defensive defensively. Your offense is fine. Your offense is flashy. It's crafty. It's fun. And it's going to the offense will keep selling tickets. You're not going to win a lot of games with the defense you have right now. It's going to be really hard to win games with no defense. It was unacceptable that Benedict let you up for that many points. And Halliburton. That's kind of unacceptable to me. Those are two guys that were drafted right behind you. Guys with a chip on their shoulder and they lit you up on Saturday. That should be taken personally. Matherin shouldn't do that to you. I'm not upset. I might be coming off as a little upset. I'm frustrated. Because the starters are so much better than I thought they would be. Dern is so much better than I thought he would be. And then the bench comes in and they just do nothing for you. You might as well not even have them on the floor. You might as well play your starters 48 minutes because you have a better chance, in my opinion, winning the game just playing six guys and just playing six guys as Dern's your backup big and that's it. You play six. I think you have a better chance right now doing that. You can't do that in the NBA. I get it. But that was just a thought that came to me. It's like, why wouldn't you just play Cade 42 minutes? Like, why not at this point? But Pistons play the Wizards. Wizards are two and one. There's not a whole lot of roster moves for them. They got Chris Stapps. This got him at the deadline last year. We'll see how they look. Another team that's somewhat young. I mean, they, they got a little bit of young pieces, but they've been stuck in purgatory for the last five, six years. Since John Wall got hurt, uh, they're never going to do anything. And why do you still have Beal? But this is a good, big game for Kate. I mean, you're going to be on Beal. Don't let him drop 35 on you. Because on Twitter, you know, little Twitter happy people are going to start saying, well, you know, Kate's not good. I need Kate to have a good game against the Wizards. I want to outscore Beal. I, I think they win this game. Truly, truly, they win this game. They'll lose the next game in the back-to-back. But for you to sit here and tell me this team can't win 30 games, like I still think 30, 33, it's still the number I'm still looking at. They're playing exactly how I expected in terms of like win-losses. I did think they were going to be Indiana. But at the end of the day, you know, we have a we have a really tough road trip coming up. The young guys are going to get tested against the Clippers soon, the Warriors soon, the Bucks soon. And we'll see how they even match up against them. I don't think they're even close to matching up against those guys. But right now, they're playing the way they should. The bench is just frustrating me because the starters are playing their asses off. And I know Burks and Bagley are going to help. But at the end of the day, I, I'm over this killing experiment. Cut your ties and get something with them. We're going to save the Michigan-Michigan State talk for Wednesday. Another episode Friday coming up. Getting my, some of my Michigan buddies on the show for some shit talk. That'll be a lot of fun. I also want to talk about more with the Tigers and what Scott Harris is doing. He, I want to see what he keeps doing with the front office and the organization. But we'll see what he does. He, I mean, he's been phenomenal so far. It's still the honeymoon phase, as Castellani said. But clearing the house is the first step in the right direction. So... I will talk about that more Wednesday. We'll see what else he does between now and then. 
more Pistons talk on Wednesday. And we'll be previewing the Lions again on Friday. And we're going to hand Roy Michigan, Michigan State on Wednesday and Friday. So I'll see you guys on Wednesday.